Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 to open our worship of God this morning. The resurrection chapter of the Bible. 1 Corinthians 15. The Apostle Paul wrote this long chapter to them among the other chapters of 1 Corinthians to correct some of the doctrinal and practical errors in this church. And this one was their denial by false teachers of the resurrection of the dead. And he has already proven the fact that there is a resurrection of the dead in the first 30 verses. And then he begins to proceed to a description of the new bodies that we shall receive. I come to the 50th verse. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This is the mandate for Christians. This is a description of their lives and their future. This is the basis of our hope. In the Bible it's called our blessed hope. Because it is a great blessing to have in store for us things that put this entire life, good or bad, in the dark for the excellence of the things that are going to be revealed in us and given to us. We shall inherit all things, and the thing that is described here is a new body. We shall be changed. The way you are constructed right now, you can't get into heaven. No one would want you there because you stink. No one would want you there because you defecate. There's none of that in heaven. You're filthy. You're vile. For that incorruptible place where the angel spirits do not have flesh and blood bodies as we do. So we're going to be changed. There's no problem. How long will it take the Lord? Is it the twinkling of an eye for each body? Or is it a twinkling of an eye for all bodies? 
Because it's by almighty, divine, infinite power He shall change all of us. It doesn't matter whether we're alive at the coming of the Lord or whether we've already been buried in the ground and worms have eaten us and defecated our remains and robins have taken them and cast them upon your windshield and you left that in the car wash. It doesn't matter. The Lord is going to put us all back together and this is the hope of the believer. And it's this hope that should change our lives. Because if you have hope in this world, in a job, in a degree, in adding an inch to your biceps, in having children, in having a bigger house, that is just folly. Solomon himself, who tried all of those things and experienced them in degrees that you can never even imagine, said it's all vanity, vanity of vanities, and it's vexation of spirit. These things are eternal and final and permanent, and there is no vexation with them. It's pure blessing, pure pleasure, no pain, no sorrow. He'll wipe away all tears. You are corruptible this morning, but you're going to be made incorruptible so that you can inherit incorruptible heaven. Your flesh and blood will be taken away in the sense that you have it now, and you'll be given a glorified spiritual body that the previous 15 verses in this chapter describe, from verse 35 through 50, describes your changed body. And it's wonderful to read those verses there and have the apostle try, in the limited way that he had, to register on your ears with your limited vocabulary about the change that's going to take place in your body. It's coming, brethren. And it's called a mystery here in that 51st verse because the world doesn't know anything about it. You can read the best texts on anatomy and the idiots don't have a clue about our bodies. Right. Not a clue. This flesh and blood is going to disappear so there's going to be no anatomical drawings of such bodies that are in heaven. They're going to be spiritual, glorified bodies far superior to these little bodies that can be dissected here. The Lord Jesus Christ showed us little hints of His glorified body by walking straight through matter. Our bodies can't do that. We try every now and then with automobiles to make our way through matter, and it doesn't work. But the Lord did. And we shall. We shall be changed. It's a mystery. And it's a certainty. And it's going to happen in a moment. And it's going to happen at the last trump. And this corruptible, which is your body, shall put on incorruption. And this mortal, which is your body, shall put on immortality. You shall live forever in a new body. Every birthday you have is a reminder that you're closer to death. Every morning you get up and you look in the mirror, you realize you look more like death. But when it will all change. Praise be to God. When we talk about salvation... It is not just some dry, dead, legal transaction that took place in heaven, though that legal transaction that did take place in heaven was neither dry nor dead. However, salvation is for the end result of having us glorified with Christ, and He being the firstborn among many brethren, all of us with glorified bodies in heaven forever. That's where we're headed. That is why we were saved. For the end scene of the drama where Jesus Christ will welcome His brothers and sisters in glorified spiritual bodies into His presence to enjoy God and all that God owns for eternity. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
This is why we were saved, for that glorious end of God showing His grace and mercy in saving rebels and giving them an eternal inheritance in heaven. And that day is coming sooner and sooner for all of us. May we remember words like this, and may our conclusion be the same with the apostle. But thanks be to God. In verse 57, all the thanks belongs to God. Because he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is not by our medical advances, which are few and live very limited. It is by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has already defeated death, risen from the dead, received a glorified body, and is in heaven with it. And John saw it and described it briefly to us in the first and nineteenth chapters of Jesus Christ's revelation. Then the fifty-eighth verse, Therefore, because of our thanksgiving to God who gave us the victory, therefore, be ye steadfast. We shouldn't move. We should be fastened down securely in our confidence, in the revelation of Scripture, in our faith, that these things will surely come to pass. Be steadfast, unmovable. We will not be moved to and fro by any wind of doctrine. We are going to hold fast to Scripture and what's been conveyed to us by preachers, always abounding. Not once in a while when we get convicted by a sermon, and then not just putting forth a little bit of effort, but always abounding. Always abounding. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, in the things that He has given us to do as Christians. We should be always abounding in them because our labor for the Lord for a few years here is nothing in comparison to the glory which shall be revealed in us. It is nothing knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Will there be a payday? Will there be a reward? Will there be sufficient recognition to justify giving your life in the service of Christ his church, and his brethren while you're here for your few years. Is there sufficient? You'll be owned as a son of God and an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ with a glorified body and heaven is your inheritance forever. That is, I reckon that that isn't even to be compared to the little bit of sacrifice that we make in this life for the cause of Christ. This is our introductory passage. May the Lord bless it to your hearts. May we rejoice in the mystery that's been revealed to us, and may it affect our choices in life. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, blessed be thy great and glorious name. We thank thee, Lord of heaven and earth, for the victory over sin, death, corruption, and mortality by the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. We thank Thee that He is the first fruits of them that sleep. And because He was raised from the dead, so shall we be raised from the dead to follow Him to where He is, and so shall we be forever with the Lord. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, that there is no victory in the grave. It's just a temporary resting place for our bodies until they shall be changed. We thank Thee, Lord, for showing us the mystery, this mystery of our faith, and the other mysteries of our faith as well. They are not man-made esoteric mysteries of man-made religion, 
for the praise of men by the power of the devil. They are mysteries of heaven. And we thank Thee by Thy Spirit that they have been revealed to us, that we know the future. We know the future of our bodies. We know the future of the dead in the ground. We know the future of this universe. And Heavenly Father, we rejoice at the power of God that shall be visible in our lives. For in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. And we bless and we praise you. Heavenly Father, every day we grow older, we realize more clearly how weak and frail and how mortal and corruptible we are. And we sit this day as corruptible, mortal beings. But we thank Thee for the salvation held out before us, yea, the final redemption of our bodies, the final phase of our salvation, our glorification in Your presence forever. Forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our Father, I pray for every man of God that this day will open his mouth and declare those glorious things that your word contains. And I pray that you will make his profiting appear to all and that you will bless him with courage and that he will make manifest the mysteries of the gospel. Heavenly Father, give him the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Deliver him from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Open the word of God to him that he might behold wondrous things out of thy law and declare them to others. Let him be a steward of things both good and old, a householder of your good things that you've given us, that old and new he will share with your people and feed them with knowledge and understanding. For every one that calls upon your name in sincerity and in truth, and this day with integrity, with personal righteousness and doctrinal faithfulness, you will bless them to feed their congregations throughout the earth. May the kingdom of Jesus Christ be strengthened and established and broadened this day. Our Father, we thank Thee that in heaven... Every will of yours is done instantly and immediately, perfectly, completely, joyfully and cheerfully by the innumerable company of angels around thee. And we pray that your will might be done here among us in the same way. Let us cheerfully do those things before us, always abounding in thy work. For we know that our labor is not in vain with such wonderful things you have held out before us. We pray for our nation that you will preserve and keep it. Heavenly Father, we see unrest, rebellion, folly, and ignorance exalted in the earth. And we pray that you would yet preserve us for another generation, that we and our children might serve thee in the peace and liberty that we have enjoyed for so long. We thank thee for every good thing you've given us. For though this world groans, In travail, under the bondage of corruption, we thank Thee that You have shown us so many tokens of good in our lives. We thank Thee for the daily sunshine and the rain that comes frequently to water our earth. We thank Thee for food that You put in our bellies that fills our hearts with food and gladness. We thank Thee for the God-fearing spouses You've given us and our obedient children. We thank Thee for our parents who feared the Lord and brought us up in his nurture and admonition. We thank thee for this church and the written revelation of the God of heaven 
that we might know Thee and the things that are freely given to us of Thee. Be with us now as we worship Thee. Bless our hearts to be united together in Thy fear and to glorify Thee in all that we say and do through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom be praise and honor forever and ever. Amen. Amen.